Taxpayer Alert. I'm Al Segala. I'm president of the Calaveras County Taxpayer Association, and we have an exciting program for you t at this time. We, we have uh, Amanda Forndorf, who's the uh, chairman of our Board of Supervisors, a vivacious lady with a lot to say. From, uh, welcome, <laughs> Amanda. Hi, welcome. Right, Thank you for little, having me today. Yeah. Or today. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Well, I've been on the Board of Supervisors for two years now. Um, I was elected in 2020, and prior to that, I was on the City Council, the Angels Camp City Council, where I served a few years as the City Mayor as well. So um, it was a nice transition going over from city to county, and everyone has been wonderful the last couple of years in um, bringing me along into the county business. That's that's pretty good. Now, also, uh, you get together with the uh, with the city on some things, don't you? Yes, we do. There's a lot of. Um, the county provides a lot of services like uh, behavioral health uh, services, um, animal services, um, and then obviously the city has its own jurisdictional with their own public works, their own water system. Um, but there is overlap in collaboration on those items um, that would be facilitated by the county versus the city. Um, providing those two constituents. I understand there was some talk about uh, uh, law enforcement maybe having the sheriff uh, handle the city as well as the county. Is there any more talk about that? Or? Um, I th that's always been a discussion over the years, um, <laughs> but I think that um, the residents of the city pay um, the services that they want, and one of those services are police. They they want their police and especially their fire within the city limits to um, have that uh, response yeah. um, it, within the city city sphere of influence. Um, but uh, the city has collaborated with the sheriff department over the years, um, even probably now as well with multiple things. Um, when we were on the, when I was on the city council, um, we had to contract out obviously because um, the lack of um, individuals on the police force. But um, they have now staffed it, um, and you know, it's just the collaboration of the agencies for public safety overall, which is good. Yeah. That, um, Maybe there's not really a great economic advantage. Correct. Uh, having one dispatch rather than two. Well, the dispatch is contracted to the sheriff. So those are some of the collaborations with the city oh, and the county. Okay. So the city does does contract with the sheriff's office for dispatch. Okay. Um, so there are there are some overlaps where we do try to uh, or utilize the same services, so there aren't duplicates like that. Okay, well, our next item would be a budget. We have a, uh, we owe money apparently, nine million. Yes. And, but we got some of that paid off? Yes. Well, what's happening with that? <laughs> well, this, um, the last couple months, um, staff has really uh, been working hard to figure out how to um, bring the structural deficit of nine million down and in December um, the board approved um, solving about 4.9 million of it. We still have approximately four, two, four, three million to go but in the first phase of um, we call it phase one and phase two um, at, at during the first phase um, the board of supervisors was 
I'm able to um, utilize um, cost savings within other budgetary line items um, and remove a lot of the one-time funding and find those revenues to replace that um, 4.9. So mm -hmm. it's looking positive. Um, it's, it's, and it's a good thing overall because what it will stand the county at for in the future is the ability to be more proactive, be on our toes rather than on our heels and constantly proactive, reacting rather than proactive, right. being proactive. So um, a lot of things maybe not only um, county staff needs, but also what the community expects and services that the county may provide, will be able to really be more strategic in how we can um, continue funding those items or add additional service if that. How long, you, how long do you think it would take for the rest to be paid off? I think the goal would be before the next fiscal year. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. So we have another meeting coming up in the next couple months. I don't quite know what agenda date it's going to be, but it'll definitely be before um, mid-year to take the additional step of phase two and see what we can accomplish for that, um, where the board is able to um, take action will only better set up for us for um, our fiscal year coming up in July. So um, they, we're hoping to have good news by July 1 for the next fiscal year and apply some of that. All right. So how far we get in that 4.3 million, we'll, we'll see. But <laughs> something will be positively changed on that. That's good. Um, well, you also um, have capital projects that you're you're doing, is that right? Yes, correct. And uh, that's got to fit in somewhere. Yes, it does. So when we talk about capital projects, a lot of people think about roads right. and infrastructure. Um, when I, in the first chunk, um, the capital projects I'm going to be discussing are going to be more facility and investment back into county services. So for example, do we have um, funded animal shelter, DA's office, um, upgrading the countywide electrical grid, um, modernizing current existing offices um, for not only the employee, but also for the services of the constituents that come in to utilize those facilities. So there's approximately about $17 million in um, fund for that, and that is all based off of one-time fund. Um, and again, that's part of all of the rebudgeting is ensuring that we're using one-time funds for one-time costs and utilizing revenue for ongoing, you know, expenses. Who, um, who pays the one-time funds? One-time funds may come from grants. Okay. It may come from, um, for example, Health and Human Services got $22 million, um, based off of a grant to build um, addition, additional facilities. So those funds are going to, um, that's where those one time. Obviously, ongoing and operation are going to be something to discuss in the future, but the county never would be in that position to be able to build these facilities right. with or upgrade facilities without some of these grant funding. So staff has worked very hard to apply um, to various grant options that are available to those specific services. I understand there's government grants from the uh, federal government. Correct. And there's state grants. Correct. And there's private grants. Yes. Um, 
how does that Where's most of this money come from? Or, or that's where actually a lot of that money comes from. And then, uh, and you know, just talked about buildings and improvements of government facilities. But you know, same thing is applied to roads. You know, we we do collect um, you know fees through the gas tax and things like right. that. That does get allocated to our county based on certain matrices. But um, we heavily rely on the grant funding, whether that be through um, state road funds or federal um, infrastructure funds. Um, so, for example, the in San Andreas, right here in town, um, the county's been awarded $10 million to improve Pope Street. That's all through grant grant funding. Um, Highway 4 um, realignment project, that's all grant, you know, of um, state and federal dollars. Um, the, the state is actually doing it, right? Uh, yes, the county is the lead, but uh, the county is the lead on the project, but in collaboration with Caltrans and the um, council government. Okay. Uh, but we have a, you know, small counties like ours. Um, we rely on those grants and in whatever capacity they are because we don't have the tax base with our population size to generate those types of funds right. and monetary. Um, where you may see a larger county um, with a governing body, they are able to do some of these projects because they have the population size to generate the type of revenue that is needed for those projects. So rural counties like Calabas really need to be proactive in applying for these grants um, and putting a plan together to be set up to apply and show that we're ready. We have, I think the buzzword is self-ready project for sure, sure we're ready. Yeah, to get to get funded. Yeah. Whether that be applying through Caltrans or, like I said earlier, um, Health and Human Services applying for a grant um, for updated building. Is there a concern about uh, regulations or or uh, uh, requirements on the funding that would restrict the um, Board of Supervisors' uh, autonomy? Yes, there's always that. Um, state legislation is always putting um, mandates that are unfunded. Right. Um, and again, that's where um, sometimes we do have to utilize our funds to implement some of these um, unfunded uh, mandates in hopes that then in the near future our, our state legislators realize that local government does need assistance in implementing the regulations that they have at the state level. Yeah, I, I wonder. And, and it's a balance, you know, yeah. that I, we recognize as an elected body at the local level that there are a lot of issues, but sometimes our hands are tied because of the state legislation. Like we right. we are then required to meet certain deadlines there, and it, it just who's in charge? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, if you didn't have state and federal grants, um, the taxpayers wouldn't have to pay so much money to the state or the federal government. There'd be less taxes. Would the amount of tax savings, um, if you could get it, um, be enough to cover um, uh, home funding or county funding of these projects? Not enough. 
because we don't have the population. Okay. So when you think about population and your tax rate um, or any fees, right. it, I mean, it, it's it talk about your water fees. You know, it, it's not just tax. It's any type of revenue to support um, a service that you expect. There is a cost to to providing that service. Um, and so how do you do that? You know, you, you're trying to... You're, you're trying to not burden your taxpayers, your constituents, for those services by seeking these other um, revenues out. But if we did not have those, then we would be asking more from our constituents because we wouldn't be able, we wouldn't be able to keep our fire and police employed. We wouldn't be able to have um, as many employees, you know, taking customer service calls for whatever it may, right. you know, having the guys go out or gals, I said, um, about public works, you know, making sure that the roads are plowed or, you know, potholes. So, you know, they, there's that level of service of expectation and then there's the reality of how much are we actually bringing in as a county without burdening our own residents. You'd have to uh, so probably have bond issues <clears throat> for, for funding. Well, it looks like you either have to put money aside for for contingencies or have um, bond, uh, bond issues where the people that are using the service would uh, pay uh, on their taxes for the bonds. Does that make sense? Yes. Correct, uh, and that's what it would, you know, that would what it be, you know. Let's then you would have total control. Mm -hmm. but, okay. But it's still not that easy. They don't <laughs> have, I mean, look at what with those rates, you know. Service yeah. cost goes up over the years, you know. You have a lot of um, fees that have not been changed in 30, 40 years, but the level of expectation is there, but the service cost has gone up, and... Right. You know, if you're not paralleling that, you're going to have a vast, and then how do you make up that, that gap to get to the level of service that anyone is expecting? Yeah, that's assuming there's no inflation, but yes. we've got yes. a lot of... Well, then you add inflation <laughs> and you add everything else. Yes, yes, there's none so Okay, <laughs> so there's no instant solutions. No, there isn't. Rising on that. You gotta love government, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> they got you handcuffed one way or another. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, um, now there's been change, uh, changes uh, going uh, happening with the CAO. Yes. What's the status on that? So um, we have an interim uh, CAO now CEO title. Um, Craig Pedro. He is from Tuolumne County. He um, served Tuolumne County either. Uh, CAO for many decades. Um, he is, it's really been, uh, a, a, we're really privileged and honored to have him over in Calabas. He's a likable man. Yes, yes, he is. And um, he has been working with the board, and one of the changes um, while he's been here, um, and it actually started with our governance. Um, workshops, which you were there for yeah. all of them, is what are the expectations not all, um, internally as a governing body for that role. And through that process, um, through many days in those workshops, um, the board adopted a CEO model of um, administration for Calabas County. 
So what's the difference between a CAO and a CEO? Um, CEO has the easiest way is they have direct hire and fire authority. Okay. They have more personnel oversight. Um, under a CAO model, um, a CAO model, tongue twister here, um, it is appointed by the Board of Supervisors. But then it can be confusing of who's in charge, what are the priorities, how do you manage um, the expectation of a board versus, you know, what constituents may need. Um, and it, with the CEO model, it gives more, um, more clear um, who's in what lane okay. and where the expectations are coming from and who is giving uh, the personnel oversight of um, management. On the CEO model, <clears throat> can if someone disagrees with uh, the CEO, uh, can they appeal to a board supervisor? It's not the same as a CAO. A CAO model they could, but under a CEO, um, there's a, a lot more um, HR. It's more of an HR process rather than going directly to the board of supervisors. Okay. Obviously, you know, if there's issues, that the board needs to realize that you know our policies aren't in line with philosophies of how we are um, how county business is being conducted. Obviously, you know the board needs to be aware, but there's in a CEO model, there's more of an HR. I mean, there's always an HR process, but you go through different layers through that model, whereas the CAO it would have been directly to the board because we appointed that individual. Right. Well, you also appointed the CEO, true? We have not appointed a new CEO. No, yeah, I mean... No, yes, but we started the recruitment process and we opened the job announcement, so hopefully by the... I don't know, maybe I'm being a dreamer, but I'm hoping by the end of February, but we'll see what the end of March brings. How but many applicants do you have so far? I do not know that. Oh, okay. um, but I am fairly confident that we are going to get um, very qualified and competent um, individuals um, applying. Um, that will be great for Calabas County yeah. and the board. Greg Petro is a very intelligent person. Yeah. It's yeah. good to have you on your, on your side. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have some changes. We're not sure yet, but it might be within a month, huh? Yes. Yep. Okay. The next item is uh, emergency uh, activity, fire, storm, SPA loans. So we have a number of ongoing emergencies, and uh, I think they have to be declared in order to get funding. I'm not sure. Correct. Is that how that works? <coughs> So um, let's tackle storm since that's right now in this very moment. Um, so storm or really any emergency uh, has to be declared by the local jurisdiction. So the Board of Supervisors had an emergency meeting right after the New Year um, specifically for this to declare an emergency with all of the, the storms that we've had over the last, since December 31st, give or take, um, New Year's, New Year's Eve. Um, and what that does is then that allows us to qualify for um, Cal OES funding 
Um, and then just recently, as of um, today, uh, Calaveras County also was put on the list for SBA um, support through FEMA. So what does that mean? That means that local businesses, local homeowners, property owners um, that were impacted can um, apply for these um, funds through the SBA to um, to support what they've lost or damages or what have you due to their property um, and or to their business. Um, and that's a big feat because um, for the last week it was Sacramento County, Santa Cruz County, um, uh, there was state funding, but um, there's only so much the state can support and we need those ad additional support from the federal government to help our constituents and businesses um, in this time. Uh, and then for uh, fire, um, there's been a lot of progress locally at the local level of, you know, I think the biggest question is what is government doing to help with the uh, fire prevention? Um, and so the Board of Supervisors has entered into a Good Neighbors Agreement with the um, the Forest Service, which allows a different type of process for um, private um, companies to go in and do preventative um, fire breaks and other um, wildfire mitigations. Um, we also have a resource conservation district. I don't know how many people know about that. And um, they have been receiving a lot of grants um, as well to do certain projects um, in the county for fire mitigation. And then there's also been other agencies such as Utica Water and Power, as an example. They received a CAL FIRE um, grant to do f wildfire prevention uh, around their um, infrastructure and not mm -hmm. at the way of Highway 4 corridor, which is crucial because as we all know what happened during the Derby fire, um, that will allow them to put additional protection on the flumes that carry the water down to the residents of Murphy's and Angel's Camp. Mm -hmm. So these are just some examples, and it's not just on the reliance of county. We're, we're passing these um, policies in order to open up um, various creative ways to allow fire mitigation in the county. Um, one of the things that I was concerned is on wildfires, there's almost no uh, 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 quick response. In other words, uh, it has to be, it's almost planned that it's going to cover a lot of acreage and it can't be put out quickly. But in uh, some places, uh, they have aircraft uh, with fire retardant in the air at those times of the year and in those areas where they're most prone that can get to it within a minute, uh, stopping it. And I'm wondering, that's expensive. I understand it costs a quarter million dollars per day to have one of these big tankers in the air. Uh, but look at the billions of dollars of loss that'd be saved. So if you spend a million to save a billion, that kind of makes sense, you know? Uh, That's something I think at a higher level more than our governing body can address. Well, it's, a state, it's a state problem. Yeah, yeah. the state of California, you know. And, you know, when there's limited resources and you have up and down the state, 
plus Nevada and all the other Western states, they just get the resources are competing and trying to get from one to another. And, um, but that's definitely a state legislation move that they need to, to um, find a solution on that and invest more in those type of um, resources. Yeah, instant, instant response. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed like uh, maybe um, some counties that come together like CSAC or maybe mm -hmm. RCRC can see the logic of this and then uh, communicate with the state representatives to try to get the ball rolling. And there is a lot of collaboration at the OCIC and the CSAC. There's a national resource committee and they are actively working with not only our state partners, our federal partners, and all of trying to find how do you, um, how do we find alternative solutions to cut the red tape. Um, yeah. And um, I know there's been some of that in the governor's budget, um, some of that, um, such as streamlining some of the CEQA, because those things that we see those resources, but what we don't see is all of the amount of check boxes they have to do. And right. some of that is CEQA and what can we do to streamline some of these processes for those resources to get where they need to be. Well, the tax yeah. taxpayers really agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> that's where we rely on uh, on these on these groups, OCOC, CSAC, you know, because that's where those voices, when you come together as a unit and you have all these counties saying the same thing, that's when you're going to see results, and that's why we participate in this conversation. Okay, that that moves into the strategic <laughs> plan. Uh, so that. The, uh, we have a strategic plan now. Yes. And, uh, and uh, go governor's involved with that a little bit. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> I'm really excited about it. Um, it was one of the things that I really wanted to tackle um, when I got elected two years ago and to see this actually um, come to fruition and seeing this next year of implementation, I'm really excited to be a part of this. But more importantly, just the work that has been done over the last two years of staff. You know, the, the Board of Supervisors never would have been able to get this accomplished without staff. So staff really was the, um, the foundation of getting this plan and bringing it to the Board of Supervisors. <clears throat> we had many workshops separately together, working out all these ideas and finding where we can find common, common um, top priorities, solutions, um, and where do we go? And what the Board of Supervisors adopted in December was um, a strategic plan for three years. So from now until 2020. Is that, on, is that on the website yet? Yes, it is on the website, so you can go onto the website um, to find it. I um, cannot think of all the the left-hand link to click, but it is under, go to county government. Yeah, you go to county government, and I believe it's under administration, and somewhere on the top button, there's a strategic <laughs> plan. Um, but, uh, yes, it's really exciting, you know, and, and public safety, natural resources, like we just talked about, yeah. you know, how do we continue to um, provide the level of services that our constituents want, 
but also supporting our staff to ensure that their services are being provided. And it gives a roadmap. I mean, it ties back into the budget. Right. You know, we have a list of priorities. We're tracking the budget at the same time. And that those two things going in parallel will be able to, to catapult the county into um, making good good decisions. We covered the county pretty good, Amanda. Yes, thank you for thank being you. our guest. And thank you for watching Taxpayer Alert.